Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Oh, we're locked in today. Oh, yeah. Running around like our hair's on fire in here. Well, my, my head is on fire. I don't have any hair. We're running around like my head is on fire. Well, I wouldn't say that too loudly. Uh, Draymond Green could hear and put you in a headlock. Oh, boy. All he right. Could, he well, could come for you, Kyle. Dude. All right. So here's, 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 what, <laughs> here's what happened last night. So, so I'm making dinner. I had a million things to do yesterday. Like my night was very busy last night. Because I had extra stuff to do for for the Bailey show this morning. It's fine. That's what I signed up for. It's my job. I'm not complaining. But I was just very busy. Running around like my head was cut off. Not like it was on fire. It was cut off last night. So I'm running around. I'm trying to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, My wife gets home. uh, Talk about work. I'm trying to make dinner. And I'm going, okay, I got time to make a quesadilla real quick. Okay. I'm going to eat that and then go upstairs. I got to knock out a, a quick bit of writing. And then I have a podcast and and then I can kind of reassess where I'm at. But I got this bang, 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 bang. And so I'm I'm a little bit frenetic. And I get a text, separate text. I have a group chat with my folks. But I get separate texts from each of them. That's like, <laughs> WTF is going on. And then <laughs> my dad does prize picks. And he goes, my clay less than on points looks good now. <laughs> and, I'm going, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? What? And so I go and I, I just pull up the ESPN box score. Well, in the ESPN box score, you can't see what happened, obviously. No, it just says one minute, 46 seconds. Yeah, not even that, just two minutes. And so I see oh, yeah. Clay with two minutes. I see Draymond. I see the games two minutes in. I'm like, what, did he get hurt? Like, what? And then I go on Twitter and just a wall of videos of what happened. And, you know, I got to say, before we dive into the antics. Yeah. The in-season tournament's working. Uh, it Adam is. Silver is oh. thrilled right now. He is. He's thrilled. He's gonna. <laughs> he's gonna drop the band hammer on somebody. Yeah, but he is. He is very, very excited about the competition level, the anger level, the angst that is uh, the midseason tournament. I, I don't even know what's going on here. The end season tournament. There we go. I, don't, I like. I'm totally confused, man. Like, why are players getting so amped up over? These tournament games and like a bunch of the games are really good. So the games have been great. Yeah. And I, I think there's definitely an edge to it 
Because I think when you put a goal at the end of something, people this hyper-competitive, whether they think that end goal matters as much as Larry O'Brien trophy or a small fraction of it, whatever they think, they're going to want to win it. Like, they want that trip to Vegas to play in those exclusive semifinal and final games. Yeah, so so look, um, I think there's another added angle here that, that needs to be drawn out a little bit more. Okay. There is this thing that it's called point differential, mm-hmm. right? And so... It behooves you to stomp somebody, to embarrass somebody on a Friday night because they're in your pool. They're in your four-game mm-hmm. pool. So, like, I hated – we had uh, – when I coached soccer, we had certain tournament things, certain games that mattered, and and point differ- differential matters. Goal differential. Goal differential matters, matters, right? And then there is also, like, when you're in tournaments, a lot of times they cap the goals at six, you're not allowed to go uh, more than six goals over the other team. And if you do, you start losing points. You get deductions. Right? Oh. So it's so you don't embarrass uh, the other team. So like we, like oh. if it, I, I uh, coached with another guy who had coached for years, there's this thing that you do when you're absolutely trashing somebody in a soccer match. And that is, you, you know, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so come over here for a sec. And you pull them over to the sidelines in the middle of the game while you're while the game is going on, everything's happening, and you say, "Hey, go sit down." And now you got ten, ten v eleven. And then if it still keeps going and you keep stomping them even more, you quietly do it again. Hey, come here, come here, take a seat. And so you keep losing players while the other team is not paying attention. So you're trying to just even it up so it's not unfair and it's not. You're not just running up the score on some other kid, uh, some other kids. Are you saying that this should happen in the in-season tournament? What I'm saying is yes, <laughs> yes. There should have been a point where somebody was four four v five, and uh, like just gave in. Well, Draymond tried it. <laughs> he did. That he's like, oh, let's go, let's go three on four. How about that? Here's 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 the thing that here's where all this started. So if you, if if it's not clear, if you follow me on social media or whatever, I'm a, I grew up in the Bay Area. It is what it is. So when I first watched the video, just quick again, remember I'm making dinner, I'm throwing the video on just to get an yeah. idea of what happened. I'm going, wow, look at look at Draymond in the middle of a scuffle pulling somebody away. Oh no. And I'm going, I'm wow, that I and I'm literally I'm going, I'm going, you know what? That's that's growth. I love to see that. And then and then <laughs> And then I checked it out again. There is because, no growth, Kyle. Because, because I, I, you're looking on Twitter and it's Draymond's got to go to jail kind of stuff. Like it is. And I'm going, this is crazy. Like he, he just did. And so I watched it again <laughs> and I got the other angles. And it was like, oh, oh, no, you I were trying to like now. remove his head. He was going full chokehold. That was a that was a yes. that was a malicious act, not a peacekeeping act. Well, that and that was not so. I think the other thing is that Gobert is like seven foot two. Uh, Draymond Green's like six foot six. <laughs> you see him jump to go get him. Yeah, but then <laughs> while you're dragging him backwards, there was like, like easily multiple mo- like segments where Gobert could have got hurt. Yeah, not but, just yes. like not get choked out, but like he could have like Bent torn up, uh, torn up a knee or yeah. hurt his back. Like you're like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, Kyle, I, I was thinking about it on the that way was down. Nuts, dude! I'm, I'm driving down, and I'm like, you know, I've covered the NBA forever. There's so many fake tough guys, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the league is. The league is a uh, an entire league of fake tough guys, and like we've all been there. Like, you know, like when you're in grade school, maybe you got in a fight or two, but 
again, you're out on Tuesday night softball and somebody does something stupid and it almost comes to blows, but it never really does because everyone's like, man, we got to work tomorrow morning. And if I got a big fat lip, it's going to be much more difficult to to drink my beer in the parking lot. Sure. Right? So that's, but in the NBA, it's like, it's an entire league of fake tough guys, except for one who's like, no, no, I'm not doing the fake thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fake tough guy. I'm a real tough guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a real tough guy with a gigantic bank account. So I will punch pool in the face. Mm-hmm. I will stomp on Demonis Sabonis. I will try to choke out Rudy Gobert because mm-hmm. I'm not a fake tough guy. I'm legit, except for yeah. you're playing in a fake tough guy league where everybody else is a fake tough guy. And so, you're out there like right. you're using real bu- bullets with an Uzi on a on a TV show set. So here's the, here's the thing is he he only does this to to De'Aaron Fox. He got into it with De'Aaron Fox in the playoffs, but he has an immense respect for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. So that stays jawing. He just doesn't like Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert, does, this goes back. This goes back to when Draymond made fun of him for crying for missing the All-Star game, right? Oh. Like, this is just a thing. And I think the other the other issue Draymond has with it is he's and I don't I don't know him but the, the two things with this one people going Draymond needs to learn to, he's not dude my man is thirty four years old he's not learning he's anything he he's never he's doing it yeah whatever if he's doing he's doing he's it's it's where it is right that's that doesn't make it right but the whole like he needs to learn like he's not going to nope like this is where it's at which doesn't make it better but the the other the other aspect of this for for me was. This was, I think, this is a realization from him that this is what he has to resort to to try and win. Like, he saw Jordan Poole kind of passing up the older guys in the Warriors' pecking order. And he saw the future where Jordan Poole is the dude, and he swung on him. He saw that Demonis Sabonis and the Kings were beating the Warriors and he was frustrated with that. And he, you know what? Heat of the moment thing. It's not like, oh, heat of the moment. I'm going to do what I can to de-escalate this. It's, you know what? I'm angry. Foot stomp. Last night. Not going to do what I can to de-escalate this. Choke him out. And it's against teams that, because the, the Timberwolves just beat Golden State. And they look dramatically better than Golden State. And this is what it resorts to. I, I get you. And I get you. And it's, whenever it's, it's indefensible. It is. It is. It's that, totally that, indefensible. That's what I, I saw Warriors fans on the internet last night, and it's like, dude, you can still love the Warriors. You can still want them to win every single game. You can even root for Draymond when he comes back. But to sit there and go like, oh, he was de-escalating. He doesn't deserve to be suspended. Like, bro, he choked out a player on the court. You get suspended for that for a while. That's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. It's he, the- hey, he might get five games. Yeah, he, he might get five games. Like yeah. people are like, what are they going to do here? Well, you know, stomping on someone in the playoffs got you, got you one a game. Right, but that's because it's a playoff series, and the NBA is not going to swing a playoff series one mm-hmm. way or the other, especially with the champs in the first round. Yep. they're not doing it. Nope. They're not doing it at all. Nope. They they want that marquee matchup in round yes. two yes. of Steph against LeBron. Yes. Right, yes. so like that's where we're at. Yep. It is that's just being it's a star driven league. It's the reality of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a bang, bang, bang in game referee situation. It's a okay, we have a decision to make, and we've got you know two days to make it. 
let's make sure that we do what's best for everybody involved, except for the Kings. Yeah. Uh, well, which it might even have been, you know, a better thing for the Kings uh, part of the time. Um, but this is one of those things where, like, at what point do you just say, hey, man, you got like, you got like eight strikes. Like, we're done with strikes. After this, it's Banhammer. We're, we're not, we're not playing this. We're not doing the jump up on chairs and act like you're Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and, and sit there and try to get the crowd to, to throw things at you or whatever. We don't want another malice in the palace. Do you think there's part of Adam Silver that kind of likes it though? Because we're sitting here in Sacramento. We have Davion Mitchell stuff to talk about and Kings Lakers to talk about, but we're sitting here talking about the in-season tournament and Draymond Green. I think he loves that we're talking about the in-season tournament. I think he hates that we're still That's focused right. on on Draymond Green. And here's the thing. So somebody, somebody, uh, I am not him in the chat, says Draymond is always doing this kind of BS. This is the thing, though. Is th- th- That's I don't want to equate this with a flailed arm or a flailed leg. This is a deliberate like act of trying to harm a person. Yes. This isn't something within the scope of basketball. It's like, eh, that's a little bit of a dirt. Like, that's a dirty play. You can't do that. This is like... Bro, if this happened on the street, it would be on site. Like, so this is a this yeah, is a yeah. You're going to jail, right? I don't want to equate this to what to the normal course of a of a quote unquote dirty basketball play because this just goes beyond that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of where where I want I want to land. Yeah, but I just, it's it's dude. I was it's not a dirty basketball play. It's assault. It is right, and dude, the like, way he it is, what it, is. <laughs> it is the memes that came out of it were very funny though. The fact that Rudy Gobert is okay, called him a clown after the game, all that jazz, a like, lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. so so it, he's fine. So you can laugh at the memes. The memes were very funny, and that Draymond had to run over and like jump on his back like a like a kid with his older brother, like Yoda was, jumping on Luke. So funny, so funny. Yeah, there it is. Again, now that he's okay, it was a scary moment, but yeah. bananas. Anyways, Timberwolves won one oh four one oh one. But Brandon Podjemski for the Warriors, am I right? Big game for the Rook. <laughs> okay. Watch out. All right. Let's get to this. Let's get to this Davion Mitchell stuff. Uh, and we got to talk about it. Are you still in on Davion Mitchell long term? We'll talk about that next. That's James Hamm. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I'm not going to do it. I'm not letting this Draymond conversation take over the day. No, it sir. It can take over the whole day. I don't care. No, sir. Bring it on. Bring it on. No, I, it, it, look, if there was if there was a legitimate, if I felt like I could sit here and in good conscience make an argument or make a case that he was, if he had, like, let's just, I'm trying to, I, it, you can't give him the benefit of the doubt at this point, but... Uh, <laughs> You can't. If he had if he had gone in and grabbed Rudy Gobert around the waist and was dragging him backwards and then like stumbled and kind of they felt like Rudy Gobert fell as they were like stumbling backwards. I could in good conscience be like, you know what? He was trying to escalate. They they tripped, you know, is it a little fishy? Yeah, but you know, but this is just not it's beyond the pale. It just it does there's just not a how long it like you said, five games, that's probably about right. Although I don't know when their next in-season tournament game is, so maybe they'll just do it until then. Well, that's the Kings. The 28th? That's, that's what we're going to oh, run dude. into. Oh, my God. Oh yeah, my we're going to run I, into. Dude, we are going to get... Hang on. I'm checking the Warriors schedule right now. So the the Warriors play... When is that next Kings game? How many games is that? One, oh, it's only three games away. No. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, dude. That's five games. Kings would be the sixth game. Oh, yeah. Of course. Two against... Two against yeah, of the course Thunder. he's going to make his return. He's going to get one five. against the Rockets. Let's at just the mark Suns, it down. Home Spurs, and then at Kings in season tournament, maybe a, a group on the line. Come on, I love it, dude. That's drama. High this, drama. Oh my god, drama I mean, on the high seas. Hopefully, okay, look, look. hopefully Clay can get his his jersey stitched up by Boy, then. That was. <laughs> no, no, that's hey. Those city, those city edition jerseys are bad, and they should be torn. I, I, I don't hate that. No, but bro, <laughs> um, how? Yeah, I'm now rooting for a five game suspension. That's what I want. <laughs> I need the return against the Kings in the final in season tournament game, group stage. That is group stage. I need it. Um, I, I was listening to Pat Bev this morning, or I saw a clip of Pat Bev this oh. morning. What did he have to say about this? He absolutely ran over Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Just said, "Hey, you guys just aren't those guys." Like you just On showed his me show today. Yeah, he said you showed me you don't have their back. That you know you got Cat uh, coming in with like the the fake scowl, like, "Oh, I'm gonna do something." You want to do something? Put your put Draymond in a headlock. That's what he said. He's got your guy at a headlock. You put him in a headlock or you punch him or you do something like you, you got to get him away from me. Like you showed you're not that guy. Ant-Man wandering around like, I don't know what's going on over here. Uh, he's like, hey, we, we already know. Draymond already knows he's going to punk you guys. Cat had 33 last night and helped bury them. Yeah. Like that's the ultimate. So so when I was at, when I was broadcasting baseball at Sac State, I think it was UC Riverside. They, there was a fight. A Sac State guy. Tagged out Andrew Ayers, I think was his name. Shout out to Andrew. He, he tags out the Riverside guy. Riverside guy says something. Andrew says something to him. Riverside guy just hauls off and hit, like punches him in the mouth. And bench is clear. Uh, Will Soto, Sacramento legend, 
wraps up the guy that hit Ayers and just tat, like throws him on the ground. Oh, yeah. It was mayhem, right? Well, Sac State goes on to win the game, and after the game, we, we do a player interview, and I forget who it even was, but it was like, hey, does this come with like extra, mo- like does a brawl like that give you extra motivation to win? And he was like, yes. Like, we want to win every game, but now, like, especially these next two, we want them more than any game this year. Oh, yeah. It's like, dude, so you could, I think you could see it with Cat last night. Maybe he didn't haul off and hit anybody, but dude, if he does that, he's ejected now, and the Wolves probably lose last night. If Carl Anthony Towns was off the floor or 15% worse, they lose. Well, I mean, I think that's sort of Pat Bev's, like, perspective. It's that this is more of what it is. Draymond Green now knows that if you're facing the Timberwolves in a in a seven game series, they fear you, and you do not fear them. That you can punk them, sure. and that they can't punk you. And that it's too late now. You showed who you are. You show you don't have your teammates back, and that's who you are. And and I think like there is some validity to it because uh, you could say the same thing about the Sacramento Kings, like who ran over and leveled Draymond Green because that's what you do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Dude stomps on your all-NBA center. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to level him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they go on to punk the Kings in game seven. Like mm-hmm. They didn't fear and they weren't to a point where they respected the Kings mm-hmm. in, in a game seven. And I think you can go back through the history of the Warriors where Draymond does his stuff and once he feels like he has that edge over you and he knows that you're not going to do anything and that your teammates aren't going to do anything, mm-hmm. it's game on for him. He doesn't care then because he can do whatever he wants and, and you're nothing but a you know uh, a bunch of softies and he doesn't have to worry about it. Man. Yeah. Made, a whole, made a whole career out of that. I do wonder if this kind of stuff, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty staunch advocate that he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, but I, I am too. Whether you'd vote for him or not, like when you start stacking up the resume, it's like, oh, he's just he's just going to go. But it's this kind of stuff now that makes me wonder. Is is it going to be, hey, he did all this great stuff, but look at his numbers towards the second half of his career. All of his numbers are not great. Yeah, he had the, the one, the 2015-16 season. He was really, really good numbers-wise. But outside of that, he's, you know, triple single and... Punched a teammate in the face and facilitated uh, a meltdown of a year with the Warriors that year and made them trade Jordan Poole, which may have wound up wound up being a good thing, anyways. But that's not that's not the point. Um, and now stuff like this, and now does this kind of act make people go look back at kicking Stephen Adams and stomping on Demonis Sabonis, and they go, man. This his value late in his career wasn't wasn't nearly as high enough to go to go beyond the extracurriculars. Well, I'll tell you what they will do. Like the Hall of Fame voters, like there there will be people who say he's gonna get in, but we're gonna make him wait. Yeah. And that, that's happened make, with Terrell Owens. Yeah, we're gonna make him wait a considerable amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I would even say, like comparing him, like Terrell uh, Terrell owns his off season, his off court stuff, his off field stuff, all mm-hmm. uh, just the drama and all. Like, sure, you made him wait, but he's such a far superior player to oh, what yeah, Draymond yeah. Green is. Yeah. Right? He might be a second best receiver ever. Yeah, I mean, he's way up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're 
there are two guys that we can put him in the the ballpark with, and that's you know it's him and maybe Larry Fitzgerald and Randy Moss as like that tier right below Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Jerry Rice has him by like eight thousand yards, so there's like a gap, like mm-hmm. a small gap that yeah, yeah. for some reason people want to like somehow like discuss who could possibly be the greatest. There's only one greatest wide it's receiver of all time. It's not it's even not close. close. And that's There's, okay. Yeah, it is okay. But um, when it comes to Draymond, I think that they'll give him the Chris Webber treatment. Like, and I mm. think, I think Draymond is going to have to watch Steph and Clay and Probably Andre Steve Vidal. Kerr. <laughs> I don't think Andre will get him, but Steph and Clay and Steve Kerr, he'll watch them go into the hall mm-hmm. of fame He'll watch KD go into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. his dudes, and he'll wait, and he'll wait, and he'll wait, mm-hmm. and finally they'll give him the nod, but it'll be like a good six years or, or five years after everyone else is in. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's that's how we equalize this. Yeah. Like, you're a Hall of Famer, but, but, like- You have to sweat it out. You did enough to, to make us think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it's going to go. I think I agree. Because they're not going to not put him in. Like, it's just not. There's so much. There's so many worse things that have happened on an NBA court that guys are in the Hall of Fame and have done. But I think you're right. I think it's going to be a deliberate, like, nope, not this year. Yeah. No, not not this year. Yeah, I can't wait till Major League Baseball is fully in with prize picks and with all these betting mechanisms. But Pete... Pete Rose still out of the hall, like and probably deserves it because he's still not a good dude. Sure, but put like, my guy Joe Jackson in. Yeah, he was banned for life. He's been dead. Put him in. Come on. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. All right, Davion Mitchell. That's actually what we're gonna do next. Are you in <laughs> on Davion Mitchell long term? We need to have a conversation, and we'll hear from Mike Brown and what he said after Monday night's game against the Cavs. What he said about Keon Ellis, Davion Mitchell and what that rotation is going to look like moving forward. He's James Hamm. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Loop here on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. We're putting a pin in the Draymond stuff because... We didn't get to Davion Mitchell yesterday, so we're doing it today. We are doing it today. Because I think we're at the point where this conversation now becomes a little bit less theoretical. And you hear everybody, you hear like like Howard Beck when, when he was on with us yesterday, talked about how, you know, 10 games is a very small sample. Let's look after 20 or 25 and then really assess kind of what the NBA hierarchy is. And I think you can do that for lineups and rotations and stuff too. Mike Brown is throwing everything at the wall right now. And he's mixing and matching and he's seeing what's working and what's not. But one of the things that was clearly not working was Davion Mitchell and his fit in the lineup with De'Aaron Fox healthy. And the other night against the Cavs, it was Keon Ellis. Mm -hmm. And Keon Ellis played every minute that Davion Mitchell would have played. And Davion Mitchell got a DNP coach's decision, a did not play coach's decision, the dreaded DNP CD, even in garbage time. Mm. Which now brings this question, James. You and I have talked a lot about Davion Mitchell's fit long term with this team. And how does he fit? What does an ideal role look like, et cetera, et cetera? But this is the first time that it's really like been starkly laid out where he just didn't even play. 
And now the question becomes, what is his role if they like Keon Ellis more? I think long-term, we're still going to see this come back to to Davion. Okay. Like, I, I do think that, like, this is a, a blip on the screen in Davion's career, whether it's in Sacramento or it's elsewhere. But I do think that it sets a stage for him maybe not to be part of the Kings franchise for all that long. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's a, an in-season trade or whether it's, like, moving away from him during the offseason, whatever it might be. Like, I just think that there might be, uh, there There comes a point with certain players where it's it's not about personality, it's not about, it's about fit. And you know he doesn't fit. You, mm-hmm. You've had two years and 11 games mm-hmm. to figure it out. And unfortunately, he doesn't fit in the style of play that you want to play. Yeah, and I want to make it clear when I say, I'm not punting on Davion Mitchell's NBA career. Yeah. It's just in the in the scope of his time with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, do you want to, can we? Yeah, let's play the uh, Mike yeah, Brown sound. Here's, so here's what, because this this sets the table for, for kind of everything. And it's, it's really interesting the way he discusses why Keon Ellis played and why Davion Mitchell did not. This is, this is from, from Monday night. It should be a lesson learned to everybody, everybody that watches us, you know, all the little kids in fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth grade. You know, it doesn't matter if you get quote unquote mop up minutes. Some people call them scrub minutes, whatever you want to call it. You can call it however you want to do it. But if you go out there and you play your tail off, you're going to have a chance to earn some real minutes. And that's what Keon did. And then when he got his opportunity, he played the right way. And, he helped us uh, win games, and so he deserved another opportunity when Fox got back, and so I gave it to him. And, you know, Davion's going to have to do the same thing. He's going to have to keep being who he is, and when he gets an opportunity, whether it's for 30 seconds or, like I said, five minutes or 15 minutes or 10 minutes, he's got to go play the right way and, and impact the game Don't, not by not doing too much, but being who he is and playing towards his superpower to help us win. And, and if he does, maybe he'll get another opportunity, and the next thing you know, he's back. Oof. That doesn't sound like a coach that was eager to put Davion Mitchell back in the mix. This wasn't a one-off, hey, trying something to see what works. And you mentioned, this This stuck out to me when I when I first listened to this, because you mentioned that, like, Davion isn't necessarily like it's not a problem necessarily but Davion is like not what (laughs) I'm trying to word this carefully not thrilled with his his role with the team yeah I mean there are some some uh some murmurs around the team that like that he he's been like he's slightly unhappy with his role but but I don't think there's been like a uh, quote unquote, like asking out or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, but uh, so this this makes me wonder the fact that he got that DNPCD that did not play coach's decision. Yep, it makes me wonder if that was like a very specific, calculated message from the coaching staff. Yeah, and that's where I look at this too because I think it's very possible that Davion Mitchell is a backup point guard next game, and that Keon Ellis is coming off the bench. Although. I will tell you that mm. <laughs> uh, Jalen Slauson and Colby Jones and Jordan Ford and Philip uh, Petrushev, they all 
got on a on a bus and went to Stockton and played for the Stockton Kings last night. Mm-hmm. Keon Ellis did not. And so you go That's to the That's a great point. You go to the G League website for the Stockton Kings and it's Jordan Ford and Keon Ellis. Uh, that's what the picture is. That's who they expected to be there and starring. Now, mm-hmm. look, I, Colby Jones went there and had this incredible, incredible game. I, mm-hmm. He had like eight steals. So <laughs> it, I think of course he, he did. He's an NBA player in the G League. Yeah, something like sixteen <laughs> points, nine assists, like five or six rebounds, and eight steals. Yeah, like it was like holy cow, man! And they dropped like a one forty on somebody, <laughs> one forty to ninety nine or something. Can't wait it, to go to a Stockton Kings game. It was brutal, but. I think this would be, this is how Mike Brown likes to phrase things, right? Are you in? And if you're in, you're going to sign on the board. You're in, right? Yes. They have this this contract. And now they've put the contracts in the hallway leading to the, the locker room. You mm-hmm. see the contracts on the wall. Are you in? Now, That's you, the whole contract? Yeah, is it like on King's letterhead? How official did they go? Like, I'll, I'll take a picture of it Please for do. next time. And it, like, it's a very specific, are, are you in? And what it is, it's a contract between all of the teammates that you're in for whatever that means for you personally. What it means is that the team is always going to be bigger than the individual. And that is in every single situation. So if I look over the bench and I choose to go with player X over player Y, player Y needs to cheer his teammate and mm-hmm. make sure that his his jacket isn't on the court and, you know, yeah. like, hey, give him a pat on the butt and say, go get him, mm-hmm. right? That's the job. If you're, so Mike Brown says, if you don't want to sign the contract, it's okay. You don't have to sign the contract. But that means that you got one foot out. You got one foot in and you got one foot in. He's at one foot out. I need both feet in. If both feet are in, it's really hard to take a step back. If one foot is in and one foot is out, it's really easy to rock back mm-hmm. on that foot that's out and turn and not be in anymore. So he said he tells the guys, if you don't want to sign, it's okay. We'll we'll deal with that later. But if you do sign, then it's everybody is on board. Mm-hmm. So I think this can be part of that. Like a, a moment where Mike Brown's like, Hey, are you in? Because yeah. if you're not, then that means something different. Yeah. A- and that means that like we're not you'll be you know, in uniform at the end of the bench, but you're pretty much not here anymore. Well, and and this that ties in perfectly to something the Chatty House brings up, and I think this is really important, and it and it ties into what you said. Chatty House at youtube.com slash ESPN thirteen twenty. We're also on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, watch watch ESPN thirteen twenty TV. It's us, the insiders, sponsored by Jiffy Lube, followed by uh, Delo and Casey from Noon to Four. Anyways, Chatty House brings up that Keon Ellis hasn't been great. And I think that speaks to what you're saying. It's not like Keon Ellis came in and was this game-changing player for the Kings, and oh my God, he's putting up 15 and 10 a night, and how do you keep this guy on the bench? But it's what you just talked about. It's Mike Brown very specifically in the cut that we just played saying it's about playing the right way. And maybe Keon Ellis isn't perfect on offense and scoring a ton of points, and maybe he's not a lockdown defender, but it's about just doing the right things on the court. We see this with Steve Kerr all the time. And you hear Warriors fans all the time complain about rotations, but it's like Steve Kerr's just playing who he believes is going to do the right thing. Whether they're the best player or not is doesn't matter. Is he going to do the right thing to help out the team 
and and affect winning as best they can. And I think that's probably what Keon Ellis is doing more than, than Davion was. Yeah, and I mean, I think, like, people always, they know, I, I use Buddy Heald as an example. There's no question that Buddy Heald is one of the greatest shooters the game has ever seen. It is. Absolutely is, no question. Yes. He is one of the greatest shooters, and he's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen come through Sacramento. But that that doesn't mean that Buddy Heald did the right things on the court. Yeah, right. And he did it all the time. Like, there, there was a game where... 90 seconds left, you're up like, I think Kings were up six or they're up seven. And he pulled up from 30 feet with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Oof. In the fourth quarter. like it's a Jordan Poole move. It's it's one of those things where you don't care about winning. And if you did, you wouldn't have done that. Right. And it's so frustrating for a coach, for every one of his coaches to just sit there and like, I have to play him because he, he makes those threes. Mm-hmm. But I can't play him because of everything else. Mm-hmm. And like I know like it's not that's just who he is. It's a problem that you have to try to work around if you're a coach. Well, that's not where Davion's at. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like he's a great defender. Okay. But outside of that, like it's not like if he if you switch him out for Keon Ellis, that you're gonna have some measured difference. And that's the problem that Davion is facing right now. Mm-hmm. And part of it is that Davion doesn't have the right role on this team. And that's because they have players that are better than him that play the role that he wants to play, mm-hmm. which would be a starting point guard or the number one point guard off the bench, just because he stands at the point guard position on a like on a still shot yeah. uh, of, you know, the lineup. That doesn't mean he's ever the point guard. Malik Monk is the point guard of the second unit. Yeah, right. Right. Just because he brings a ball up, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So, but my point would be this. People who say that they didn't see enough from Keon Ellis, I did. I saw the energy. I saw the yeah. change in energy and I saw the change in athleticism. You go from a six foot tall guard to a six foot three guard with a much bigger wingspan that gets through screens better. Mm-hmm. He's doing the right things the best he can. But I'm also going to tell you that Davion Mitchell didn't go play in the G League. He's been with this team for the last two and a half years, mm-hmm. working with this team. Keon Ellis has been up and down and up all over the place, going to the G League. He barely played last year in the, the main club. He's getting yelled at by his teammates on the court because they're demanding that he does the things that he should know to do. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have the experience with that group. And some of it is that. You're mm-hmm. seeing Demonis Sabonis like demand that he does something. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Right, that's like, the right thing to do. It's accountability. Yes. And it's saying, hey, Keon, we get that that you're doing great. We we like the energy that you're bringing, the things that you're bringing. But for us to reach our potential, I need you to to get it right, to understand that we're, we have a system here and you need to play within that system. And you'd way rather that than them look at the bench like, get this kid out of here. Who's oh. this guy? No, yeah. it's good. That's the accountability that we want. We want them being accountable t- on the court yeah. to their teammates and having these discussions, having a player put his arm around somebody and say, hey, look, I need you to do this and this and this. This is what you're doing wrong. Did you see the clip that went viral, quote unquote, of Kawhi Leonard yelling at Ivica Zubats? No. It's just Kawhi on the court. He's he's like dribbling down kind of up the right side and Zubats is in like the high post. And Kawhi's like yelling at him. He's like, get your ass down there. And then their ball goes out of bounds or whatever. The, the play gets messed up because Zubats is in the wrong spot. And Kawhi's telling him like, you need to get your ass down there. 
Yes. You need to move. And it was like, wow, leaked audio of Kawhi yelling. It's like, nope. That's just what happens. <laughs> That's just a thing that happens on the basketball court. Exactly. Is team leader when person does something wrong tells them to do it right. Yes. So that was I just I wanted to mention that on the show and that reminded me of that. Well, I've been watching Sabonis do it uh, this exact thing again and again over the last week and a half. But I, I feel like there might be some players that he understands aren't as receptive to it because I was the first one to also call him out and say, "Hey, look." If Davion Mitchell isn't dribbling the ball up the court fast enough, that's on you. It's not on him. Mm -hmm. Your coach needs to yell at him. You players need to yell at him. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't get it, then you look at the coach and say, he's not the guy. Bring someone else in. Yeah. That if you're the leader of this club, you need to go do that. And so um, whatever it is, like, again, none of this tells me that that he's a bad player Mm -hmm. at all. Like, I think Davion Mitchell no. is is a very good NBA player, and I think he's got a very good future. I just, I, I've been telling you, uh, D'Lo and Casey, and I've been telling you, mm-hmm. like, it's it's just not the right style of player for what the Kings are doing. The Kings need whatever it is, Colby Jones or Keon Ellis, whoever it is, mm-hmm. and maybe it's both of them. Yeah, They need those guys to become Bruce Brown. They don't need those guys to become... Like, uh, who's the backup point guard that I talk about for uh, Memphis that got traded to Washington? Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. Yeah, I, I don't need him to be Tyus Jones. I need him to be Bruce Brown. I need him to be... More of a two-guard than a Chris, one. Even Christian Braun. More of a multi-positional, just go out and do all the dirty work, go get mm-hmm. a rebound, go do these things. Like, that's what I need from you. And so much of that stuff is about buy-in. Yeah. It's so Look at Aaron Gordon, since we're talking about the Nuggets. Look at Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon was drafted to be this number one. He yeah. could d- defend one through five. He can shoot threes. He's going to rebound. He's winning dunk contests. He's, and he's just, he's not carving out a winning NBA career like that. He is now like a defensive stopper, lob guy, <laughs> grabbing, uh, lose 50-50 balls, going, doing all those little things to help Denver win. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with something here that might like, like, change our our thought on Draymond Green. If the Nuggets go out and win for the next six, mm-hmm. is Aaron Gordon a Hall of Famer? No. Oh, okay. four out of the next six titles? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant four out of the I was no, like, what? Four out of the no. next six titles. <laughs> uh probably not yeah, it's no, Jamal and it's no, I think, and it's yeah. Jokic. Yeah, Jamal and Jokic and probably Aaron Gordon. Maybe. And it depends. I mean, it depends a little bit on his role because you'd have a little bit of that Andre Godala thing where so, it would be like f- good early career, but then like revived his career as this as this really dynamite role player. But if he's as impactful, it, like again, in the world where the Nuggets win four out of the next six, if he's as impactful in those four as he was in this one, like, why not? Okay. I'm just going to say that I think that the answer is no, mm-hmm. that he wouldn't, that, again, Jokic is in 100%. Maybe, maybe Jamal Murray is in, and that's if he gets healthy and starts actually playing a bunch mm. of games every yeah. year. And Aaron Gordon is left out. And is that because Aaron Gordon doesn't have a podcast and that yes. he doesn't punch people in the face and he doesn't uh, stomp on people and he's not like... He doesn't get thrown out of games. 
Like, are, are we are we going to are we right now mentally rewarding Draymond for all of the things that we remember from him? Which, let's be honest, what we remember from Draymond is him being part of a bunch of championship teams, but also all the technicals, all the flagrant fouls, all all of the stomping, all of the the post game mm-hmm. uh, antics, all of that stuff. That's what we're remembering. So, are we going to penalize Aaron Gordon because he doesn't do that? Just I'm a, not. just a hypothetical. I'm just saying. I'm not. Who's we? I'm just he's gonna have a tough Who time getting is there. Is this we that we talk about? No, I just if if he is as what did he what did he go in the playoffs last year? He was 13, 6, and 3 a night, shooting 39% from three in the playoffs, 51.8% from the field on 10 shots a game. If he does that in four of the next six championship runs. And what did you say points per game? 13.3. He doesn't get in. I'm mm. just saying he doesn't get in. Like career numbers wise? Like I'd have to Okay, so a lot of this too is going to is going to come from is going to come from the the I hate this word so much cuz it's so overused and it's always used wrong, but I'm going to use it. Narrative. Okay. What the discussion point is on Aaron Gordon. Is this the Jamal Murray Nikola Jokic duo? Jokic is now top what would that make him? Top five all time? <laughs> I don't know. If, if he wins five titles yeah. and just keeps doing what he's been doing and averaging triple doubles. Oh yeah. He goes to top five all time. He should. So, but he won't okay. he won't be considered that, but he should. I, mm, he'd be top ten. I think, but I don't I think, think he'd he get top get, five. If they it, it, dude, we're talking about a six know. year run after this, and that's a decade of Jokic as a as a triple double guy winning MVPs. And then you put five titles on it. Hey, I'm here. That's for That's a top five guy. Like I, now, watching him play last night was just like he's a he is mesmerizing. It is absolutely the craziest thing you've ever like. It, it, there is so much talk about how good Nikola Jokic is, and I don't think it's enough. Yeah, I, I watched the play late in the game where he got the ball in the middle of the key, and Paul George like was tied up against him, and it's almost like he just leaned his belly into him, which pinned Paul George to the ground and he went right up and flipped it right over the top. And it's one of those baskets that you, you don't, it will never make sports center, nope. but it was one of the most impactful baskets in the game where they put them away. Yep. And that's what he does. Yep. Like some of the passes, some like it's just, he's ridiculous. Yeah, It's so much fun to watch. Yeah. I dig so, it. So if, if it's the Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic duo, and it's Murray averaging 30 a game in one run and then Jokic averaging a triple-double in another, and that's just kind of what it is. And in those four, they split the finals MVPs, and they're just great. Then I don't think Gordon gets in. But if the discussion around it is, man, they don't win that title without Aaron Gordon. Oh, Aaron Gordon shut down Jason Tatum in two of those finals and held Jason Tatum to 14 points. Then, then I think it starts to kind of get okay. Go the other direction. He wanna, also has to. There also has to. Mm, God, I want. I want to revisit I don't, this. I don't. I, I do. I, I, the insiders were already guaranteed. We're going to be on the air for at least five years, so we can actually test this theory. So, mm, so my. <laughs> okay, I'm going to amend this. He needs to do something in the regular season in terms of like all NBA, not all NBA, but all defense or somehow sneak a defensive player of the year. That I don't think he's going to do. For some reason, he's not going to get that notoriety. He's just not going to because mm-hmm. he plays for the Denver Nuggets. 
Mm. He does not play for a major market team. He's not going to get the notoriety. He should have been an all-star last year. Wait, hang on. Stop. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Drew, Drew Gooden, not Drew Gordon. Never mind. Aaron Gordon has a brother in the NBA named Drew Gordon. And I was thinking of Drew Gooden. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was tripping that. King's legend, Drew Gord- uh, Gooden. Hell yeah. He played one game. Not Aaron Gordon's points, brother. 15 points, 15 rebounds, I believe. One game. And then they, <laughs> they, uh, he asked if he could be waived the next day, and they said, yes, go ahead. Huh. You're too good to be here. Not, not really. It was like, <laughs> you can go play for a, yeah, a go, title. Yeah. Go play for whoever you want to play for. Where do you go? Cavs after that? <sighs> I don't know. I'd be impressed if he knew that. He had if like, he knew that off the rip, I would have been very impressed. He had like 14 stops. If he went to the Cavs, it was going back to the Cavs. Um, and I don't even remember how the Kings, I, I'm thinking the Kings got him in a trade with the Wizards. We have the technology. We do. Drew Gooden, 2003-2016, not related to Aaron Gordon. Nope. He is from El Cerrito, though, and he was born in Oakland. Shout out to a Bay Area guy. Yeah. Let's see. So Sacramento, one game. Yeah, you're right. He went for, in that one game, he went for 12 and 13. 12 and 13, okay. 12, 13, 15. and 2. You were yeah. way off. I think he's the all-time leader in per games, rebounds per game, average <laughs> in Kings history, because he played one game. That Domas might pass him. Let's see. After Sacramento, he went to the Spurs, it looks like. Okay. What year was that? 08, 09? Yeah, he played for a lot of teams. Yeah, he did. He's one of those players you always wonder why he didn't stick. Yeah, anyway. Chicago. Well, oh, he was oh, he was with the Kings for more than that. I see. He was with the Kings for five games, but only played in the one. Oh, yeah, but he was coming off of injury. And then he went and then he went to the Spurs after that. Yeah, he was coming off of injury yeah. when he got traded. And where how did he get to the Kings? He got to the Kings. What's just what was his previous team? I'll remember the deal. Oh, Chicago. Um, oh, okay. Uh that could have been Oh no, it wasn't when I covered the team. Oh no, it was. I'm gonna be super impressed if you oh eight oh nine. Oh no, it's before. Um Ooh. Oh, I've got it. Okay. Is that the same trade that brought uh I'm gonna be so impressed Kings if you get this. Legend. Uh okay. Is that Brad Miller getting traded? Yeah. And it brings back oh come on, what's his name? Uh European yep. uh, four five I mean three four combo. Um Oh man. Oh it's exactly what he is. Damn. Yeah, I know exactly who it is too. Um You want the first letter of his first name? Yeah. A. Andreas Nocioni. That's it. Uh, he also came over with two other players. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. You, I, I think you have no chance at this. The one never suited up for the Kings. And the other one played seven games for the Kings in 08-09. Oh, I'm not going to get it. Cedric Simmons and Michael Ruffin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Kings also sent John Salmons to Chicago. In of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because why wouldn't they? Yeah, and then they brought in him fact, back. In fact, John Salmons is going to be in whatever trade they make this year. Well, they brought him back two years later, 2011 draft. Right. Uh, they traded the number seven pick, which was Bismack uh, and Baina Udra uh, for John Salmons and the number 10 pick, which became Jim Fredette, instead of number 11, who was Clay Thompson. Or number 16, who was Kawhi Leonard. 
This is super impressive. This is great recall by you. Oh. I'm I'm I can do like games, like football games specifically. I can remember like really weird specific things about them. That that's one of my favorite things to do with Kenny is just talk about I go, hey, you remember that Falcons game in twenty ten? He's like, Yeah, I sure do. When this happened, I'm like, Yeah, it's the game. Anyways, um the the be able to recall trades and stuff like that is, is super impressive. Uh no, okay. Speaking of trades and Davion Mitchell. Yep. It feels like that's the direction this is heading, where Davion Mitchell winds up in a deal that the Kings make to acquire somebody at the deadline or near the deadline. Yeah, I would say, like, for me, it's probably like a 80-20 that Davion would not make it through this season versus him being a King long-term. Okay, well, I have just a team to send him to and just a player to acquire in return. I'll tell you what it is next here on ESPN 1320. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. It says 80-20. It did. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're the Insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube. So you believe there's an 80% chance that Davion Mitchell is dealt sometime before this year's trade deadline, or I guess, I mean, this season's trade deadline. I don't know that there's, I would say I have a, no. I, what I said was I think that there's an 80% chance of him getting higher of him getting traded between now and the dead and the end of the season or not being on the team next year oh, okay, than him it. getting a long-term contract and going more than four years as a Sacramento Oh, King. okay, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, no, I wouldn't say it's an 80% chance he's getting traded. Okay, well, that's how I interpreted it, and that's how I'm going to roll with it. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so no, so you said 80% chance that he's not on the team moving forward in some capacity versus getting an extension, and I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would agree with you. I feel like, what does that path even look like to an extension? Because that, that, that honestly, that never even crossed my mind as a possibility. Yeah, next summer he's up for extension. He's extension eligible. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Him and Duarte both. What's the 
path look like to that? That because I can't carve one out because of everything we've just talked about. It's not really like it's just not working out. But Kyle, that's why I don't know that he would be here longer than this year because he has value now as a player that you could get into your shop, you know, give him a 25, 30 game run, mm-hmm. knowing that you have a whole nother year, but mm-hmm. you also have the summer to sign an extension with him and even restrictive free agency after his fourth year. So his value, while I don't think it's high right now, um, it, it certainly could be much higher for another team than it would be for the Kings. You know, he, we always have this thing, and like, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. But we always have this thing where, like, you look at players and you think, oh, they're more valuable to your team than they are to someone else, right? And, and that's where, like, again, when you sign Buddy Heald, it's like, hey, the Kings needed Buddy Heald to sign a contract extension. Mm-hmm. He was more valuable to them as a potential player that they could either use as a trade uh, uh, piece or just as a starting shooting guard yeah. than he would be to some other team. I, I even would have made the same argument that like Bogdan Bogdanovich was way more valuable to the Kings than he was to the Atlanta Hawks. And if the Kings would have matched the offer, he would have had, like you would have held him in more high regard as, you know, if you're the Kings, especially for trades and everything else, then um, that, you know, the way that it went, like mm-hmm. where he gets, he, he goes to the, the Atlanta Hawks for nothing. Um, I think Davion Mitchell has become a player that's the opposite. Like there's a value in him right now as a young player who isn't working out where he's out at mm-hmm. and best case scenario, Davion Mitchell's playing 13 to 16 minutes tonight as De'Aaron Fox's backup. That's that's really the best case scenario at this point. Like, sure, if if De'Aaron goes down for twenty five games, and then you would use him more. But like, in if De'Aaron Fox is healthy throughout the next you know handful of years, he would always be as the backup. And there, there's just not a tremendous amount of value in that. Like, right. you can go you can go find the Delon Wrights of the world and have them fill in as a backup point guard for your team for two years and be perfectly fine. So that's where I just think that like his value right now, while it's low, it's still there is value in the fact that he's under contract for the rest of this year. He's under contract for all of next year. And then he's a restricted free agent going forward. And you have a 30 to 60 game, you know, whenever he would get traded uh, trial run to see if you would want to extend him. And, and then you would have a whole nother season to say, okay, well, we like what he did now mm. and we can, we still have his rights where we can, as long as you do a qualifying offer, you can match any offer for him. He feels like a Miami heat. Like, I just, I don't know. That's not the team that I, that I talked about at the end of the last segment. I have a different team for that and a, and a different player in mind. Okay. But it just feels like he's going to wind up on the heat at some point. I would be okay with that. I feel with like that. he just matches their vibe. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Is like, this Twitter handle hoop culture? Yeah. Or the whole heat culture thing. Oh, yeah. Memphis. Memphis feels like another team where he would... Toronto. That's why I've brought up Toronto Toronto's a, a great one. Because, you know, the Fred Van Vliet and, uh, and Kyle Lowry lineage of having smaller guards that play defense and are impactful. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I think that there is... I think there's a pathway for him to not only be a starter, but be a very productive starter for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's just he's not De'Aaron Fox. And the Kings have De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. And I mean that's that's really that's the end of it. That's the end of the discussion. Like, like I, I can't help you. And and the fact that he he's a one position player 
on a team that values multi-positional players mm-hmm. and has a slew of multi-positional players, that's a problem. I mean, again, Kevin Herter, the the two and the three, uh, Malik Monk, the one and the two, De'Aaron Fox, the one and the and the two, uh, Keegan Murray, the two, the three and the four, Harrison Barnes, the three and the four, Trey Lyles, the four and the five. Like so many multi-positional players on this team, Chris Duarte can play like three positions. Mm. That's where the value is for this team. And when you have a player who only plays one position and it's usually the center position or the point guard position is usually the only players that have that issue. Yeah. He's going to run into that. And he's not going to space the floor. He's not going to, he just doesn't really. Well, I mean, he can't space the floor, but I, I think the bigger problem is it's not even his fault. It's, that your your number two scorer, your crazy athletic, super fun guy, Malik Monk off the bench, mm-hmm. is really like six foot two, six foot three, but like one hundred and seventy five pounds. Like you need a bigger guard to play with Malik Monk, or at least a a rangier guard, a guy who can play multi positions, who can defend multi positions. Yeah. That's what you need. And again, it's not a slight on on Davion Mitchell. Like against the Warriors. When Clay Thompson hit the the shot over the top of him, like that was great defense. Really he good was, defense. He was right there. Mm-hmm. The problem is that he's six foot tall and he was up against a six foot seven shooting guard. The beginning of the end of this to me was Game Seven, though. Uh, the, yeah, the, like that was that was shocking to me. Yeah, you drafted this guy because of how good he is as an on ball defender, and you have a guy going for fifty in an elimination game, and you you can't get Davion Mitchell off the bench like that. That I think is why this is all such a red flag to me. It all goes back to that. Yeah, and I I pinned a tweet earlier. I mean, a uh, uh, penned nice dude. There you go. I that's you know what you get a you're gonna get a ding. For that. Here we go. Um, earlier ding for penned in the chat. Uh, Thomas Lamb Ca- Lancaster asked, "Do you think Mike Brown had to consult the front office before about giving uh, Davion a DMP CD?" And the answer is no. Um, Mike mm. Brown coaches his team. And whatever players he has, he can ask for different players. Um, but whatever players he has is the players that he works with. And I bring this up because he made the change with Alex Len this week. He uh, gave Sasha Vazenkov a DMP CD mm-hmm. earlier this week. And like these are things that you would normally consult a front office about. But this is like these are coaching decisions, and Mike Brown's the coach, and he's making these decisions, and he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Uh, he's got enough clout within That's the good. organization. Um, it, Honestly, like, this is the most important thing you've said on this show. <laughs> like that, that as we talk about yeah. all of this, that that's the case matters so much in everything we're talking about. Oh yeah, because this is all going one direction. There is there is one vision, and it is that's what it is. This is not Mike Brown wants to do this, and the front office wants to do the, that, and ownership wants to play four on five. It's not like it's 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 not that. It's Mike's world. Yes, and that's what it needs to be. Well, that, and I'll even add this layer to to the whole thing, right? Like Keon Ellis was an undrafted free agent signed as to a two-way contract, mm-hmm. not this summer, the summer before. Yeah, Colby Jones is like already a fan favorite. He's Kyle's favorite. Everyone is waiting for the Colby Jones moment. Uh, he didn't choose Colby Jones. He chose Keon Ellis. 
That's what Mike Brown did. Mike Brown yeah. went to the other two-way player, a player who only gets to be up with the club 50 games a season. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to give Keon Ellis a full-time contract, they have to waive uh, Philip Petrushev. Mm-hmm. They do. And they're not going to, at least not right now. They want to see what he's got. So, like, the only way, like, Keon Ellis could play for the next 45, 50 games, then he runs out of games, and he can't play anymore. Like, you either have Man. to sign him to the regular uh, mm-hmm. roster and make another— uh, They have an like, open spot, right? No, they did until they, oh, that's they right. traded. Until, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they have this this situation. But that's it, right, because when you have 15, it changes the number. That's right, I remember. Yeah, yeah. and it's not really a situation, per se. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a situation. Like, like Keon Ellis is going to play here, and we're going to see how he does, and he brings a spark, but eventually sparks have to develop into substance. And if he develops into substance and you got something, and again, he starts becoming that that Bruce Brown or that GP2, mm-hmm. that type of player that Mike Brown loves, Yeah, then you got to make some other move. Uh, but they'll worry about that when it happens, and Keon Ellis has to become that in order for all of this to be a real discussion. I've worked out the trade. It all works. The numbers work. The money makes sense. We're going to talk about who the Kings are going to trade. <laughs> we just keep teasing it. <laughs> who the Kings trade for. No, that's that's 100% what we're going to talk about next. Uh, I also still need to... I still need to hash out who the fifth best team in the NFL is. Mm. I didn't give a number five in our power rankings yesterday. I listed off a bunch of teams and then never actually gave an answer. Oh. So I want to work through that eventually. But first, I got to get to this trade because I'm really, really excited about it. And I think you will be too. He's James M. Kyle. We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Loop here on ESPN 1320. Back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. All right. I'm telling everybody this trade before I do anything else. I want to hear it. That's all. That's that's all that matters right now. I am going to send... And this is what... Uh, it's fine. I, I It's fine. Okay, here we go. I'm going to send Davion Mitchell and Chris Duarte. Okay, I know where you're going. Both of those players. Yeah, I got you. And you're probably going to have to sweeten this with a draft pick. I don't think so, but go ahead. Depending on the market, we'll see. But those are the two players I am sending to the Chicago Bulls for Alex Caruso. Man, I, I need this in my life. I, I love me some Alex Caruso. He is the man. Yeah, you know... You like, want to talk about a guy who's going to come in and defend three or four positions at a high level and do all the right stuff offensively and get on the floor to to grab a loose ball and to go get a tough rebound or to make a big shot. That's your guy. I'm with you. Yeah, like, there's a... that's That's one of those players that you can just see where the fit could happen and where he would be embraced. And, you know, like just to make like a, and again, I like it's going through my head. Could you make an all white guy lineup? Like just, that would just be ridiculous. Oh no, they went, they, they chose to go that way. You know, like you could go him and Kevin Herter in the backcourt, <laughs> Sasha Vazenkov, uh, Demonis Sabonis at the four, Alex Lynn at the five. Uh, yeah, you you could fully like oh break you would break tw- Twitter, um, but Alex Caruso, 
he's so versatile and he's so big, mm-hmm. like for a guard. Mm-hmm. But he can go, he can defend one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And he has a bunch of injury history. He always does. Um, I, I don't know. But the fact that he isn't a perfect fit in the starting lineup of the Chicago Bulls next to Zach Levine to just cover up for all of the things that Zach Levine decides uh, on his own not to do, like play defense, you know, that's something that I, I don't get. And um, I, I would be, I, I definitely would would do something like that. It would be that, I mean, that's not just like a, hey, I'm in 100%, um, because like while Chris Duarte isn't playing well right now, there's potential for Chris Duarte to not foul people at 7.9 right. Chris, times per 36. <laughs> Chris Duarte might just be Alex Caruso, like that that type of player. Yes. Like the, he might, yes. you might and, just and have him already. A, a much younger version. Yeah. Apparently this trade was on the internet already, so sorry I missed it. Well, I wasn't it, neck deep in theoretical Kings trade Twitter last night. It might be like the easiest just like straight it's, swap. It's, it's almost identical money. The yeah. Kings would the, the Kings would add $271,000. I think you can actually do that trade for less too. Like because if it's under if it's under uh 10 million bucks, I think there the rules change. You don't have to be within uh 125%. Mm-hmm. So like I haven't like gone through and, and done a trade machine on it, but it's possible you could just do Davion and like say Davion Davion for Caruso straight across works with a second round pick. Yeah. The the thing is is I think the the reason the reason I added Duarte and and said that they'll probably need to add a pick too is because I think he would be a coveted player. Duarte? If the Bulls No, no, no. Alex Caruso. Oh, got it, got it, got it. If the Bulls do decide to blow it up because that's what uh Jill Adge on on Twitter last night brought this up. She was like if the Bulls are trading Zach Levine, I'm more interested in everybody else. And I think that's a great point. Oh no! And totally. I, I brought. It, I'd have no interest in Zach Levine for for the Kings. What What does it take to get Alex Caruso? But I think there's a lot of teams, a lot of a lot of teams in in the hunt or contending teams that will call and and say the same thing. Yeah, but like I don't think I don't think we're going into trade season and and Alex Caruso is like the most coveted player that you could no, possibly. No, no. Yeah, I I don't think that that's where we're at with Alex Caruso and. You know, he's at, uh, I think his contract is a two-year, like he's right around two years and $20 million owed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would be taking on more salary. But this is one of those deals where it's like, okay, like I, I think you could you could find a way. Yeah, it does. Alex Cruz over Davion Mitchell straight up works. Yeah. Yeah, because the Kings aren't a, a luxury tax team. And, right. And I don't know where Chicago is because – that could be another element to the a trade, something like this, mm-hmm. where Chicago, um, you know, actually saves salary cap money. Mm. Like if they could save luxury tax money, um, but I'm not sure if they're like their luxury tax team. Um, I got them at 164.7 uh, million, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not sure what the luxury tax uh, is for this this season. Um, but that's another way where you might be able to save. Oh yeah, the luxury tax for the season is one hundred sixty-five point two nine four. So they're sure. literally like five hundred thousand under the luxury tax. The Bulls, yes. So they'll be looking to shed salary. They might be looking to shed salary just to ensure because okay. if you make a trade, at, yeah, I, I don't know. They, it, there's a way that you could you could do this. Okay. I'm in. I'm manifesting that. 
I would like Alex Caruso to be on the Kings now. Okay. And then the uh, the headband game. Run that uh, up the flagpole. Johnny G brings this up. Um, like the potential of Herter and Caruso dual headbands in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty sick. And hey, yeah, uh, Caruso the- actually needs it though. Because let me tell you, as a bald dude who sweats, <laughs> a headband is... I wear a hat to the gym. I don't wear a headband. Yeah. But I but I throw a hat on, and my hat is disgusting. Okay. But there's just nothing there to catch a sweat. It just all rolls down your face. Okay, so Kyle, I want to throw this at you, though. Like, I think that there are two different things that are happening right now with the Sacramento Kings that are that can change the trajectory of what you do, mm-hmm. right? The first is if Keegan Murray is a multi-positional defender, mm-hmm. it changes everything. Facts. Like if all of a sudden he's shutting down a six foot one Donovan Mitchell at six foot eight, like I don't know how that happened. He said, I got more athletic. That's what you could tell. Like you can just tell yeah. on the way he's moving. Yeah, totally. You can mm-hmm. see it. But if he becomes that guy, it changes a lot of things, right? Because that now was if he can be a true three, then it, it makes your four more open to adjustments, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing I, I believe that can happen here is if Kevin Herter continues to rebound the way that he has, he can actually play more three. That gives you the Keegan versatility the of him and like the three-four combo there. Mm. And that could open up the two, whether it's a Keon Ellis, whether it's an Alex Caruso, whether it's a Colby Jones. Um, in front of what would be Malik Monk, mm-hmm. you can go more defensive at that position as long as they can still shoot the three. You can look for... So I guess what I'm saying... Davion Mitchell? I'm joking. No, what I'm saying is that you can look for true three and D guys. Yes. But also you can look at three and D guys at the two and at the four mm-hmm. and maybe at the five because Domas can slide over and play some mm-hmm. four. That's what would happen if... Again, if Keegan Murray is a true three, it allows you these other avenues where you, when you're going out in the trade market, you're going out in free agency, or you're going into the draft, now you can look at these other positions as opposed to right now, you look at the Kings, you're like, how do I get better? You know, I've got my one, two, and three, like already full, Mm -hmm. but like, how do I get better? How do I manipulate this thing? And if all of a sudden you have the ability to add either a one, a two, a three, a four, or a five, it makes it a lot easier to go out with a, a shopping list and go, okay, I can any of these would work because I can move pieces around. Right. And and if that's the way I, I'm building my roster, I, I feel a lot more confident about the future. It's a, <laughs> I'm going to do a really strained analogy here because I think you just hit every nail on the head. So I'm going to try and contribute with this. Okay. It would be akin to having um, like a lemon in your kitchen and you have to go grocery shopping and use this lemon where, okay, there's some things you can do, but it's pretty specific what you're doing with that lemon. You're making lemon bars, you're making some kind of lemon chicken, something like that. Okay. Or you have butter in your kitchen. And now you're going to the store and you need to figure out what to make with butter. And you're just, everything is on the table. Yes. That's a little bit how it would be if the, if the Kings were in a spot where, hey, you can just go, you can just go get a good player and it doesn't need to be like, okay, well they have to be able to fit next to Sabonis and they have to be able to guard this position. They have to be able to do this very specific thing. Like, no man. Play defense, shoot the three point shot. If I can get a, a three, four, or five that can block shots, then amen. Yeah. 
you know, that's what we're talking about. Like, again, the versatility of this roster is getting better and it's expanding, which is good. All right. We're going to figure out who the fifth best team in the NFL is just real quick. And then are we missing the boat on the in-season tournament? Because I... (laughs) I've been a little skeptical, but I think we are, Kyle. And then, <laughs> and then, of course, we'll have our three king, uh, our three keys to the Kings Lakers game tonight. To a Kings win over the Lakers as they open up a six-game road trip. We'll talk about all of that in the final segment coming up next on the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty. Now back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty. All right, just real quick, before we get back into King's stuff, which we're going to, James, you and I, every Tuesday we after after the NFL week is done, we go through and reassess what the top five looks like. Yeah. Because this year, there's not, it's not like, hey, these are the top, this, this team's at the top all year, and that's just what it is. Like, it has been a constant, just ever-changing mix. Bizarre. It feels, it feels like we're trending toward just landing on the same five teams that we had at the top to start the year, but that... That's what I've thought a couple of times, and then there will be a curveball. But yeah, we agree. Eagles, Chiefs, Lions, Ravens are the top four in some order. Eagles, Chiefs, Lions, Ravens. Yes. Yes. Okay, for right now. So the news today, and you had the 49ers at number five. They're in the mix for me there, and I think there's probably a really strong argument to be made that the first five weeks plus their win over the Jags is more indicative of the team they are than their losses to the Browns and Vikings and Bengals. I, 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 or, or that they're probably somewhere in between those two because I think those are their best performances and then their worst. So they're probably somewhere in the middle, but still really good and a, and a contender. But on the other hand, now... The the Deshaun Watson news today that he's having shoulder surgery and is done for the year wipes the Browns out of the discussion for me because I think their offensive ceiling with P.J. Walker under center is probably too low. That's not who they're starting, though, from what I saw. Oh, who's it going to be? Dorian. Thompson Robinson, UCLA legend. Yes. I'm actually kind of here for it. I love DTR. But, okay, so it's going to be, I I just, I, I don't trust their ceiling on offense. As good as their defense is. So they're not in the top five now for me. They're out of the discussion. Okay. So the 49ers are in the mix, as are the Miami Dolphins, as are the Dallas Cowboys, as are the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seahawks have to be in there. They're tied at the 49ers record-wise. Yeah, but I, I don't buy it, but go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I don't, I don't think I'm going to put Seattle there. I just, and now the Niners play them in a couple weeks. If Seattle wins, then then we can reassess that, but... I'm not. I'm not totally buying in on Seattle just yet. Uh, they have a really good win in Detroit earlier this year, but they recently got housed by the Ravens. They needed a last-second field goal to beat the Commanders. I, I'm not buying it. Now, the Dolphins—they've had issues with beating teams with winning records. I think they're like minus forty-six against teams with winning records this year. Yeah. So I'm I'm still a little iffy on them. Although I'm interested to see what they what their defense looks like down the stretch here with Jalen Ramsey uh, healthy and coming off the bye and all that. And then the Cowboys are in the mix, but the 49ers beat the Cowboys by whatever it was, 25 points, 30 points, whatever whatever the margin of victory was. So I <laughs> I think I'm gonna put San Francisco there. 
and feel okay about it? I still think I, I like. I think this is kind of a. I think it's all hypothetical. Sure, the Browns. I, I was going to put the Browns there until Deshaun Watson got hurt. I think that the San Francisco 49ers are a top two team in the NFL right now, but we can't put them there because they had this weird hiccup where they lost three games in a row. And they had injuries, they had they had reasons, they they well, also they have some excuses. They made some mistakes, a coaching mistake cost them one game. Um, you know, like overall, like they didn't play well for three weeks. When I look at them and I compare them to the Dolphins, when I compare mm. them to like this group of teams, like what they did to the Cowboys, we can't have the Cowboys. We right. can't, you yeah, can't yeah, put yeah. the Cowboys above the 49ers after what the Cowboys, what happened there. I agree. So, and like, I, I want to believe that, you know, the Browns, because they beat the 49ers, but that wasn't as convincing. Isn't that, didn't you miss that, lose that game because of a field, field goal, goal kicker yeah. missed? So one game, your coach decides to blitz somebody at halftime and give up a long touchdown that that ends up changing <laughs> the outcome, right? One game you missed an extra a, a field goal that for the game win, you know mm-hmm. they're the number two in the league right now. They're number two team in the league right now. If they didn't miss a field goal, right? And we could say, okay, well they missed a field goal, okay, but if they didn't lose three in a row, if they lost two out of three, we wouldn't have this question because all the other teams have two losses uh, at at a minimum. You know, like, and you said we're kind of, it's sort of the same five teams. No, like I, I we launch the bills into outer space. Like the bills yeah, are, the bills can, they're get out of my fraudulent. Face, yeah. They're fraudulent. I'm worried their quarterback's fraudulent. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's fraudulent. Did you see the new argument on Twitter yesterday? Uh Oh, from, from football nerd Twitter, actually oh. interceptions and turnovers aren't bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. We did have this discussion slightly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is uh like a very strange. It's so nuts. Yeah. yeah. Just crazy yeah i think i think you're probably putting the niners there again just because of the their six wins have been just so convincing and you mentioned it there are a couple of bounces of the ball or one or two plays away from having one or two losses so yeah i i I think that's that's probably right i'll be more convinced though if they go handle the buccaneers and then go beat seattle in seattle in a short week i still need to see that i'm not like they looked really good against jacksonville but I'm not ready to just be like, oh, okay, yeah, they're they're the best team in the NFC again. Like that mm. was three games in a row where they did not look very good. So, okay, are you seeing this this story on the New York Post right now? That no, Mark Jackson at the chatty house will not be calling games on MSG Network after after the Knicks objected to him being on the team's charter. So basically, he has lost his job on msg because the knicks have banned him from the team plane (laughs) we weren't able to work something out this season an msg network spokesman spokesman told the post the knicks declined comment jackson did not return messages seeking comment yeah anyway there you go what so he wanted to ride on the team plane and they wouldn't let him or he got banned. Like he rode on the team plane and then some BS happened and they kicked him off. Yeah. I don't know what, like there's, oh, this, I can't wait. There's some layers this. to this onion because oh, I can't wait. Uh, there's uh, wow. I Darren Ehrman's name 
is brought up in this. Uh, in 2014, Darren Ehrman, a current Knicks assistant, was fired by Jackson, then Golden State head coach, with Ehrman as an assistant on his staff. Jackson later called Ehrman's actions inexcusable. Uh, an ESPN report shortly after stated that Ehrman had taped Jackson and his players unbeknownst to the team. You remember this story? Yes. Okay. Well, Ehrman is an assistant on the Knicks staff now. <laughs> and so I don't know if this is what's going on, but this is absolutely wild stuff. Wow. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great. There are going to be some wild details coming out about this because Mark Jackson is a wild dude. He's a wild detail dude too. Like and the, the, I, the, the, mm. the ledger after he left Golden State is insane. It's wild. And I think that this story is just going to get uh, more and more nuts. Yeah. Mark Jackson may not be rocking out on it on MSG anymore, but you can rock out this holiday season with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra as they bring back the Ghosts of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO, and more at the Golden One Center December 1st for two incredible shows. Enter online at ESPN1320.com and you could win a four-pack of tickets to the show. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster. The greatest Trans-Siberian Orchestra segue of all time yeah, Kyle Madsen really bravo so I, was, I was going for that yeah. bravo thanks um gosh Mark Jackson man what a guy wow are we missing the boat on the in-season tournament you asked this question in the rundown and it is a dynamite question and I don't want to say because I was out at first and then that first Friday night happened and it was like Oh. These all feel like game seven. Let's go. Oh, I and know. Then, and then you go, the Kings had their their in-season tournament opener against Oklahoma City at Golden One Center, and it was, it was buzzing. It was kind of a vibe. And the court was different. The jerseys are different. It just, you know what? Everything's a little bit different. Feels a little special. Oh, I can't. And then you go, and Ooh. then you get into some of these games, and you got the Warriors and Timberwolves getting in an MMA match at midcourt before there are any points scored, by the way. That's the other crazy thing. It was a uh, minute 46 in. It was zero, no zero points. What? And just getting ejected. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm in on the in-season tournament. I think like, like the group play, I'm not going to be like, Oh, Hey, it's a group play night. But once the semifinals start, I'm all there. I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. Okay, so the Kings play San Antonio on Friday. That's their second end-season tournament game. If, by chance, they somehow win that game, all of a sudden, they're really interesting, right? Who's this? The Kings. Yes. They they play the Spurs, right? Yeah. Then you get to the, the two later on, the Friday and Tuesday, November 24th, November 28th, and you've got Minnesota, that Minnesota game is tough. It's the final game of a six-game road trip. That is absolutely bro- brutal. But then the Kings get Friday. Uh, they uh, That's on Friday night. They get Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off. Oh, that's nice. In preparation for the game against the Warriors. And uh, to me, that's it's going to be a, a, a showdown. That That's going to be really, really intriguing. Um, I'd also say that the other... the. Minnesota game is a day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's always like the trip to fan game. <laughs> um, and I, I think teams that are on the road 
tend to be a little bit better in those games yeah. than the home team. More locked in. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't just sit for nine hours watching football and eating turkey and then having a second helping of turkey. Maybe yeah. they do. I don't know. I mean, but like poor Kings are in Minnesota for for uh, Thanksgiving. It's going to be cold. It is going to. Well, maybe they'll stay in New Orleans. That's possible. Maybe that's what they do. They stay in New oh, Orleans. Oh, no. Hey, if they stay then, in New Orleans, they're definitely losing to Minnesota. <laughs> and then fly out the next afternoon, like in the evening of Thanksgiving, yeah. uh, fly out to- uh, Fly out to Minnie. To Minnesota. Yeah. That's a weird, that's a that's weird a, trip. I don't love that for them. Yeah. Uh, other things last night, the Grizzlies not only stink, but there was a fight in that game, or not a fight, I shouldn't say that. There was a scuffle in that game with Anthony Davis, and then John Morant tweeted out a little smiley face. Oh yeah, that was great. Love a little drama huh. there. I think the Pacers might just be good. I, I did. Does John Moran exist? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know he no, still around. existed. Yeah. Okay. A Twitter user. He's an influencer. All right. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. The Pacers might just be good. They certainly are fun, man. Beat the Sixers last night. One thirty-two, one twenty-six. Tyrese Halliburton, thirty-three and fifteen. I feel like every time, every time I see something like this happen or I see something like the Houston Rockets happen, I always like instantly go through my card catalog in my head and, and start going, okay, that feels a lot like the like 2019 Sacramento Kings mm-hmm. where you're just so much fun early on, but you're not playing really good basketball. You're just running up the score and, and doing something different that yeah. no one can keep up with. And then the Houston Rockets, of course, you know we, we can even go back to last season. They feel like the Utah Jazz of last season. Where you're getting a bunch of wins early, mm. and then all of a sudden, like reality Fizzle check out. will happen, and and all of a sudden, like guys are literally fighting for shot attempts on the court, and <laughs> like that's what I, you kind of feel like is going to happen. The Kings are, or excuse me, the Pacers are first in field goals, first in field goal attempts, second in field goal percentage, third in three pointers, sixth in three point attempts, second in three point percentage. And then you get to defensively, and they're not great. Kyle, would you... Defensively, uh, they're the worst at defending the perimeter in the league. They're giving up a ton of field goals and field goal field goal makes and field goal attempts. Not a great rebounding team, middle of the pack. Well, they don't have to rebound because they make all their baskets. That's a good point. Like, that's... It's they science. foul a lot. It's science. Um, yeah, they're intriguing, man. Uh, but let's let's give them sixty five games and see what they look like. Okay, I'm gonna go forty. Okay, I'm doing forty games. Yeah, if I mean, they're twenty five and fifteen after forty. Okay, I'll feel really good about them. All right, but yeah, this is a this is a team that can play. Like, and Bruce Brown's been really good for them. You know, yeah, He's one of those players they paid big money for a guy who averages eleven points a game, um, and. You know he's he's living up to he's helping change that culture and and uh, playing solid defense and and then I you know I our our guest this week um, he threw shade at the Obi Toppin add on he's like and then they're like taking like this weird adventure with like Obi Toppin uh, and now that dude's playing like he had a huge night last night and if you could get him right. Because he can really shoot it. If he he hasn't shot well as a pro, but like if you can get him moving the right way, yeah, that's a guy that like again the Kings. If I'm the Kings, I'm looking at like he's one of those uh, 
guys with potential to block shots with potential mm-hmm. to stretch the floor as like a four or five combo. Yeah. Um, a five? I think Obi Toppin can play the five. Uh, and like coming into the draft, yeah. I, he was like a four or five, uh, but like a stretch five. Like mm-hmm. what I'm saying is if you could put him in the key uh, on the defensive end with Sabonis like or have him defend with Sabonis. Okay. Like it might be interesting if he's going to play defense. Yeah, but a little I'm, bit of versatility for sure. I'm not sure he's going to play defense all that much. I wish, so at, at at the station I used to work at, not out here but in the Bay Area, we had a caller one time during that draft, and we had a drop of the caller saying this, and I wish that we had it. It's this caller going, Obi Topin is a bad man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really, really funny. But every time Obi Topin comes up, I think about that. I, I liked him coming into the draft. Yeah, he hasn't been a little bit disappointing for me. No, he has. But he has. I was I was in on him in the draft for sure. All right. Kings Lakers tonight, national TV game. Ooh. Get dialed. Is this the first no. No. They've had they no more. Yeah, one of the Warriors games on Natty. Okay. They natty are media TV. darlings now. Yeah. And they're playing better, so that's what you're you're hoping to see the carryover from the last game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that would suck to get on ESPN and just lay an egg against LA. Well, that and they're Oh, on God, that'd be insufferable. Two games in a row, right? Like you got Wednesday and you've got uh, you got mm-hmm. Friday. Both are, are big primetime games. All right, we got about five minutes left here. Let's roll through your keys to a Kings win tonight. They checked all three boxes in Monday night's game. So let's talk about tonight's game. What is the first key to a victory for the Kings tonight? James Hamm. Uh, push the tempo. The Lakers on the second night of a back-to-back. And they're old. They are old. LeBron James did not play last night. Um, oh no, he did play. My bad. Mm-hmm. He was questionable. Um, uh, but they are old. And, uh, like, this is a team that you can, you can push the tempo on or you should be able to push the tempo on. Don't let them dictate, dictate the pace. Mm-hmm. That's a, a big deal for me with the Kings. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's always going to be kind of the thing with them is yeah. is pace and it's not I, obviously you don't want it to be like slow and plotting but again it's not like you need to have a pace of 118 or something insane where it's just running back and forth like that would help but it's just a matter for me of off misses get out and run yeah and then even when you when you're coming off a make and you're getting into your half court sets move like play with some urgency force them to defend you can't let LeBron and Anthony Davis take possessions off defensively where they just get to stand around because you're just standing around. So I think that's the the other thing. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, I'd also, you got a little streak going here against the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. So last year, the Kings won three out of four against the Lakers. Um, they've won the first matchup this year. Like you've had their number a little bit and this is a team that you're competing like for a Pacific Division title like if yeah, that's a playoff you, spot. Yeah, playoff spot, but also like we, we heard it early on that the Kings were gonna finish last in the Pacific and here they are at the top of the Pacific again. You're like, okay, huh. I forgot they did divisions in basketball. Oh yeah. I just I totally forgot that was even a thing. Man, you put up banners and everything, Kyle. Yeah, apparently. Come on now. All right. What's the second key? Uh it's to make the, the Lakers beat you from three. Like the Lakers that's it, dude. Yeah, like if they're going to beat you, like I could even see like running a zone for good stretches. Mm-hmm. Now I say that. And as I said it, as I was writing it last night, um, the Lakers were, what are they? Uh, 29th and three point 30th and three point attempts, 29th and three point percentage. 
And then they went out and shot 22 of 35 last night, including like a whole bunch of dudes. They had five guys with three or more makes. Cam Reddish. Good uh, Lord. LeBron James. uh, D'Angelo Russell had six. Austin Reeves had four. Austin Reeves on the bench now. Um, Prior to... Rui Hachimura had four. Jackson... Oh, no, these are free throws. That's my bad. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Rui Hetchmore had three, Austin Reeves four. Um, I, I just looked at Jackson Hayes had three Pri- or four from uh, from free throws. But Prior to last night, the Lakers, what are they shooting now, 34%? Is that what they're this shooting now? 33.4. They were 30.4% going into last night. Yeah. Like See, they're just, they're not, they're not shooting it great. That's where the small sample size police come through. Yeah. Like, hey, look, that's what we mean by small sample size. Yeah. Like Keegan Murray's already shooting almost 40% from the field and like 36% from three. They made 22 last night. The game before that, four and 12, but then seven, eight, eight, 11, eight, 15, five. Yeah. 10. All those games are shooting below thirty five percent from three. It's not great. No. Uh, what's your what's your and and for the for the Kings not only forcing the Lakers to shoot from three and not letting them be big and and letting LeBron and Anthony Davis and Co get to the rim, but then making your threes on the other end. You yeah. Can't totally. have a regression game where you have Keegan Murray and uh, Kevin Herter going four for sixteen. Yeah, I think that that's a big deal. Uh, keep it rolling. Build off the two wins. Um, this team, the offense all of a sudden looks great, looks phenomenal. Build off of it. Yep. Like, you got a marginal victory in overtime against a bad Portland Trail Blazers team. You got a big, solid win against a really good OKC team. Then you get a huge victory last mm-hmm. time out. Like, you're building something. Continue the build. Yeah. I thought the other thing they did the other night was they took care of the ball really, really well. I think it was 10 turnovers. You don't have to be 10. 10 is a crazy low number, but this comes back to the pace, and and I think that this is kind of what you were getting at is you can't have these dead ball turnovers where it allows the Lakers to slow things down, grind it to a halt. You're giving them an extra possession. You're losing a possession, so taking care of the basketball is going to be really big tonight. It's big every night, but... I think that's exactly how you play into LA's hands if you start giving the ball away. That's right. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. We got that's good what I keys got for today. We got good keys. Yeah, I feel really good about it. We'll uh, we will revisit those tomorrow. We will begin getting you ready for Week 11 of the NFL season tomorrow. But that's going to do it for us today. That's been James Ham. I've been Kyle Madsen. We've been sponsored by Jiffy Lube. We'll be sponsored by Jiffy Lube tomorrow as well. D'Lo and KC are next. I can't wait to hear what they have to say about Draymond Green. And, and if you're on the chat right now, or if you're in the, if you're watching the video, wait till you see Casey's outfit. Oh, Kenny's outfit today is elite. It's can't wait for you all to see it. All right, see you, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 